Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. Hey, gang. Welcome to the Call That Girl Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 80. And if you want to check out my past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash office365, which I will change eventually here. I'm still trying to transition from the old show to the new show. And as you can tell, this is like my second video show now. If you're new to the show, uh, in the past I've done 79 or 78 shows on a podcast. Some I did on YouTube when I had a guest. And I was just kind of practicing and I, you know, took a break with that and now I've decided that I need to still do video for a lot of reasons because I want to screen share and show you guys things which is what I love about this uh, product I'm using it's called zoom and I can do screen sharing and teaching and all that stuff so we'll be doing a lot more of that in the new shows coming up but if you're new to the show generally I like talking tech outlook office 365 but I kind of changed it to the call that girl show so I can talk about other things such as business, marketing, operations, social media, something cool that happened this week that isn't tech-related, but tech-related sort of. And um, I just wanted to kind of leave it a little more open so I can discuss other things. And this week is going to be one of those shows we're going to talk about. I I don't even know how to name the show. I was going to name it like when you get the blues or when you get the blahs or when business sucks, but really what I had was... I came back from the, the tech show in Chicago, right? And I was busy, and I had uh, 40 jobs. And then the next week, I was like, well, I didn't have 40 jobs, but I had 30 jobs. And then uh, I had, um, if you remember from the last show, the client that was pushing me too hard on the one-hour jobs, which kind of was telling me, okay, I need to definitely have a two-hour minimum now. And because it was busy, it rolled into that. But then, I think it was last week, I... Maybe it was the week before. I'm sorry. But I almost had like, yeah, it was 30 jobs. And then last week I had 15 jobs, which 15 jobs to me is very, very boring, okay? I'm so bored during the day that I'm praying my prepaid clients have tickets that they need done so I can stay busy. So what I'm going to talk about on the show this week is things I did to kill time, which is always good for me because I'm an entrepreneur and I love learning. And so when I have downtime, I don't panic and get ticked off and stress out I'm just bored so I'm like well let's go figure out new stuff to do and I'm gonna talk about all that stuff on the show this week but I do have two little tech jobs we're gonna talk about because these are kind of biggies so the first one is having to do with Outlook okay so when you are in Outlook and you're helping a client and you see the words this computer only you might see it at the top of their Outlook or on the folders on the side or possibly in their calendar I'm going to tell you right now that if they are using this computer only for their calendar or contacts, I highly recommend you do an export to a CSV before you even do any work at all, okay? That this computer only is basically, well, here's a good way to describe it. Someone sets up their Outlook with IMAP. Let's say they have a Gmail account and they have a Yahoo account and whatever account. They're all IMAPs. Well, when they go to use the calendar, it's using a local, like, cached copy of of the OST file that was created for all those IMAPs and it usually picks the first one that was made and it really is not a hard copy <laughs> like you can't back up that OST file and then import it back in later it's just like a shadowed like copy in there so when um, there's two things that are very destructive about this one is if a client like let's say their outlooks broken and they try to set up a new profile they might delete their old profile and when you delete the old profile, the OST files also go away. So all that data is gone. So the preventative thing for you as a technician, or if you're an end user listening, is to export the calendar and context to a local CSV file. And if I was you, I would actually make a local PST file and use that calendar and context, because at least you can back that up with your external hard drive or your online backup. I had a client that called in this week, and she... Um, she uh, man, she had three disk computers only at the top of her um, Outlook, and I was like, what is that? And she only hired me to do a specific thing. I, mean, I could have spent an hour with her in her Outlook because it was kind of all crazy, 
But uh, I did what she wanted, which was basically get her calendar to Outlook.com because she wanted it on her phone. And, you know, I didn't know that when I took the job, but when I got in there, I was like, my first thought was, we got to get this out of here because that's so unsafe. This computer only is, like, unsafe. And luckily, she was like, well, I want to do it on my phone. So I was like, thank goodness. But um, so anyway, that's a tip for you folks. Get that out of there. Get it local or get it to a syncing product. You know, when I see that, I tend to tell clients you should use Exchange because, you know, they're using their calendar and usually they want to sync with something. Then the second thing that I want to talk about that's a little techie was I got an email from a client and um, it was an email from DocuSign and it really kind of sounded normal. And I've worked with a client before, so I'm like, yeah, it sounds like how he would talk, you know. And it just said, hey, Lisa, uh, I think it even said, hey, Lisa, maybe it didn't. But it said, hey, can you go um, fill out this form, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, DocuSign. Yeah, it's probably legit, you know. And I look at it, and I click on the link because I'm a clicky person, and, you know, I'm a clickbait person as well, by the way. So anyway, I see it, and I look at the login. It's Office 365, and I'm like, what the F? Now I look at the actual URL, and it was from another country or whatever, and I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, this is not good. So I emailed back and said to the client, are you sure you want me to log in? Well, maybe, maybe I did that before I saw it. I think I did it before. And I said, yep, I did it. I checked it later. But I emailed them back and said, hey, um, client, uh, it's asking for my login and password to my Office 365 or something. And I was like, this doesn't seem right. And he wrote back and said, it's okay, go ahead and put in the info. And I was like, what the fuck, I ain't doing that. I mean, I have a no not to do that. And then that's when that's the second time is when I saw the, the, the URL for the Office 365 was bad. So then I actually got on the horn and called the guy and was like, you know what's going on here? And the secretary was like, yes, we've been hacked. And I don't manage any of my clients, you know, Office 365, so... You know, he was responsible, but I didn't even do a setup anyway. But uh, she's like, yep, we've been hacked. We're taking care of it right now. We're changing all our passwords. And I was like, I was like, that was so weird. The guy actually emailed me back. And she's like, I know they're in his account. Now, uh, funny enough, I was listening to a podcast from this fellow. Let me make sure I got his name right. Uh, Paul. Oh, shoot. I don't know his last name. I found we're connected on Twitter. He, he's doing a podcast called Sysadmin Today. And we connected on Twitter, I don't know, last week or so. Let me go check it out. And um, sure I got the right. His name is Paul Joyner, and he runs SysAdmin Today. It's a podcast, and uh, it's a you know nice podcast. I'm not into everything SysAdmin, so not all of his shows are of interest to me, but I did uh, put a little tip out there. More Office 365. <laughs> well, he actually does it at a bigger level, like 1,000 mailbox level and federation and stuff like that, which is way outside my scope but anyway he mentioned it on his podcast almost the same story so be careful out there gang because those are they're getting sneakier and what Paul mentioned and what I said is they're getting more professional which even I the first time didn't look now I definitely am going to look every time but um, in fact I'll be more aware of it but you know usually I get those from PayPal or whatever and you know to delete it but it really he actually the person got into that guy's email account, which is really rare with Exchange, you know, so they were pretty pretty good with that. So uh, beware of that. Now, um, I'll put a link also in the show notes for Paul's uh, podcast if you want to check it out. And he gave me a little uh, bump on his show, and this happened to roll into my story as well, so it worked out great. Okay, so now let's get on with some of these things I've been doing. So as an entrepreneur, um, I didn't really know I was one when I first started the business, by the way. It's something I found out later in my years. But the one thing I always liked about owning my own business was that I could actually do whatever I wanted. And the first thing I think I learned when I started my business was I didn't have any clients. None. For like two months. And so during that time, every day, I had to do something. And I was kind of looking for work because I wasn't 100% sure if my business was going to take off or not, but I had to learn uh, from nothing. I didn't even know that I could buy any books on how to start a business or anything like that. So basically, I just started, um, 
you know, doing a lot of uh, marketing, which I didn't know what marketing was either. I didn't know to what networking events were to go to, to meet people. I spent two months just figuring all this out, you know. And but during that time, I found social media. In 2006, I signed up for LinkedIn. And then it was actually my 10-year anniversary today, I think. I got the anniversary of 10 years on Facebook. And Twitter, I got it right around the same time. So this is in 2007. And I would have to say that that to me was really exciting because it was something for me to do with the business, which was um, like when I'd go to a networking event and get my whole 10 cards from people, I'd go invite them to LinkedIn, which to me at the time wasn't really a popular social media, but it was something to do. And, you know, I just started expanding my horizons on things I could do because I owned a business and I had a lot of time on my hands. So I found that um, I liked doing side work, projects. Back then I loved doing newsletters um, and getting involved in groups and doing other things, you know. So when I'm in a blah, mood I try to think of well what else can I be doing should I pick up an old project should I try to get a new idea should I just research investigate and this last week I did a lot of researching on stuff because I was like I didn't really have anything cooking that I wanted to do and I didn't want to bring back too many old projects you know because I'm kind of kind of over with so um I've been interested in YouTube for a while now if you aren't interested in YouTube and making videos and getting content out there, and ain't your thing maybe. You know, I did my first YouTube video in 2008, and it was the cutest little thing. And I look back at it and chuckle because I was just a little, you know, a smaller <laughs> for one thing. And, and second of all, I was just so new to it, and I was just so proud I did that video, I remember. And um, then I kind of left YouTube for a long time. Uh, I was busy with my business doing other things, but then, I think it was, I don't know, 2014 when I left Minnesota, I didn't have so much to do. So I started working on videos. And luckily for me, I happened to have some friends in some hangouts uh, that did a lot of videos. So they kind of encouraged me to start doing the videos again. And um, I was like, you know, I could do the how-to videos. I've done a few in the past few years, but nothing too exciting. And um, so I started doing how-to videos. And I learned from those guys just by listening. So in the past, I don't know, three years now, my YouTube is actually doing pretty well. And I'm going to tell you what I'm at right now. Hold on. In fact, I'm going to screen share with you guys. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want to check it out, um, we're probably at the 10, 15-minute mark here. But I'm going to screen share with you guys and show you here. So here's my YouTube channel, and up here you can see my views, and 171,000, which is not bad, you know, but it's not that great. I mean, there's people that have the millions, and 794 subscribers. Now, when I started doing these videos, we can go down here and look at my video list. You can see, I think if we go to over here, most popular, that this one's actually my most popular one, but it actually doesn't even exist anymore, this pretty much. So I just, uh, I've updated with notes and stuff. This one here also is a top one. And this one here, surprisingly, is one of my top ones, which is awesome because, I'm going to show you there, this video here happened to, hold on. When you go to YouTube, I'm going to show you another screen here. Over here, we type in, I'm not logged in if you can notice. Microsoft Exchange, this video, I don't know what happened, but I'm number one. So, and I'm not logged in, so this is a true search. And um, one of my buddies in a Facebook group, we were going through my analytics, was like, holy smoke, look at that. I'm like, oh my God, look at that. So that kind of got me a little more excited. But you can see here that some of my videos, I've used the right keywords, I'm starting to get some traction, you know. Not all of them are winners, but each one is a little outlook tip and how to do stuff. And I've been getting really excited about going to the next level, right? Like, how do I do it? So this company here, let's see if I can do it, Social Blade. So I hired this company, Social Blade, right here. And um, I found it on a Facebook group. And immediately I was like, oh, I want to do a consultation. So I went over here. I set up a consultation. 
and he went through all of my things I'm not doing, which I'll show you over here in my creator studio. Um, you know, he just kind of gave me some tips. We went through some analytics, which, you know, I don't mind showing you guys. There's nothing really too private in here. Um, you know, we went through some of the things down here that I wasn't doing, my traffic sources, which I really enjoy watching my traffic sources because down here is where I can see what YouTube searches people are doing. And right here's that exchange one, and that's how we found out, see? And that right there, and then here I did that show with Carl Palachuk, and that one's not as much, but it's still, you know, people are still searching it and finding Carl. And then here's the big one. That's number three. So I know that this video is, you know, it's a hot topic. And then here's another one. And just other some keywords. But basically, the, um, the, the, the consultant I hired, which I didn't think was a bad uh, fee. It was 200 bucks. I'm going to stop sharing for a minute. It was $198 for an hour. And the guy actually went over the hour with me because we were kind of having fun, too, like talking about social media, YouTube, stuff like that. But uh, I got a really fair deal. I didn't ask him any questions. Like I said, you just tell me what you think. And normally I would have come totally prepared with a ton of questions, but I didn't this time because I was like, I want to get $198 of advice. And that to me was really important. But so anyway, outside of that, I've been like, okay, he gave me all this stuff to do. And I'm like, I've got 105 videos. Do I really want to update all of those? It's pretty daunting to think about that. And I really wasn't excited about updating 105 videos. But so I tabled all of that. I did some things he said. And then I decided to do some more investigation on, um, on YouTube. And I have been following this fella. I'm going to share the screen again. Gary Vaynerchuk, which the guy is like, you know, I don't think the guy ever sleeps. He doesn't stop thinking. He's always on fire. And I like this kind of guy, but I don't want to be that guy anymore. I was that guy four years ago, and it gave me high blood pressure, and I gained a lot of weight because I wasn't taking care of myself. Well, you know, he's obviously fit and does take care of himself, but, you know, he gives out tons of great videos and uh, lots of things to make you wonder, you know. Here's his video list. So I've been paying attention, and what I do is whenever I get a good nugget from him, I write it down on, a, I think I call it Gary V's uh, uh, tips or something I keep for myself, which is just like the short version, okay? Now, I like that with him. And then I also follow Lewis Rossman down here. And the reason why I like Lewis, and you're going to laugh, it's not because I like hardware or motherboarding or, you know, all the work he does. It's I like watching him and learning how he is with the camera and how he talks to people and interacts and he's also also doing work all the time but some videos like this one he's just sitting there chatting you know so some videos he does um you know well he'll sit and talk and sometimes he's working and i can't obviously show you guys you know what i'm doing because i'm working with clients uh i'm working with clients and i can't show the data so here's another one that I watch is Eli the computer guy. And um, I like listening to him. I don't 100%, you know, get everything he's saying, but I like watching him. He's got a good following. I mean, he's got, I think, 59 million views, 800,000 subscribers almost. Lewis, I think, has way more subscribers but less views. Uh, yeah, he's, no, I think. I think it's actually just way less. But anyway, I enjoy them both. But I've been trying to, like, you know, study them, I guess is kind of the word. And, you know, I'm starting to pay attention because YouTube has a lot of things that I can do with it in terms of content and marketing. And I'm not afraid to be on the camera. And, I'm, you know, I like talking and I like storytelling. And that's really a good equation for, I think, a good YouTuber if you can sit and talk to an audience which is, you know, and not be entertaining, but teaching and learning and always have something to say. And Lewis today in his video, I loved it when he said, I hate editing. And I'm like, me too. I have never enjoyed editing nothing. I like doing straight shots straight through. And if I have to edit it, that means I fucked up and then I get nervous and then I have to start over. I would just rather fuck up and keep going. 
Okay, so then, uh, let me go see where else was that. So, um, Eli's doing this thing on his uh, channel, which I don't know why the guy needs money. He's got 59,000, 59 million views, but he started a new website called Silicon Discord, and he said, hey, if you sign up, pay five bucks a month, you can ask me all the questions you want. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it. I'll pay five bucks, and he actually answered my question on the air, uh, he didn't call my name right. He called me called the girl, not call that girl, but that's right. But um, I asked a question, you know, about Outlook and technicians, and you could tell he hasn't been very well versed in the, the latest Outlook versions, but, you know, he answered it, and I was like, cool, well, that's a marketing opportunity. You know, I got put on the show. But um, some people have mentioned to me, maybe I should have that. And I'm like, well, once I have, like, you know, a lot of people subscribing and following me. I have a very tiny following right now compared to these guys. Very, very uh, low. So anyway, um, so I've been trying to like pay attention to these guys. Follow. I've got other people I follow too. There's a lot of other people on YouTube that have their own unique character, and I like that. And I'm not ever going to try to be something I'm not. And uh, I'm always going to stay true to myself. That's what makes me more comfortable doing even podcasting and being a guest on other people's podcasts. Be myself. Okay, so then I was doing that a lot last week, and then I got an email from a company called, oh, God, I, hopefully I won't mess it up, Feed Something. Uh, well, they're ranked really high in Alexa. I kind of did a little spot check. Uh, it's called Feed. Um, I'm just being acting stupid. I'm sure I'll find it here. It's Feed Something. But anyway, they put me up as one of the top 30 Office 365 blogs. And I was like, what? This ain't real. You know, and I was like, this ain't real. It can't be real. Let me try to find it on my Facebook here. I put it up there. Okay, so they did. I'm going to find it again here. Hold on. And I was like, yeah, it looks real. It's called Feedspot. So... Anyway, I'm going to show you guys the screen. So I'm going to show you this page. All right, I'm going to share you scare again. So if you're on the podcast, you got to check it on the vid. Sorry. Okay, here we go. So over here, I got on the top 30 blog list. And uh, now, of course, Office gets the big one, you know, but they put out five posts a week. So I obviously notice I need to up my, uh, my postings. Reddit number two. Practical 365, now I know this guy. That's Paul Cunningham, who I interviewed last summer on my show. And he's rebranded his stuff, actually, um, since last summer. And I think he's done a pretty good transition because it used to be called, um, I don't know, something else. But anyway, that's Paul right there. I've never heard of Sharegate. Uh, never heard of these cats. Don't know that one. Of course, I heard of Google. I've never heard of that one or them. And or that guy. I think I've heard of that guy though. And never that guy or that one or that one or that one. But I've heard of that one. Number me, 16. And I think I've heard of a few other folks. Jasper I've seen on Twitter. Yeah, a lot of these guys are doing stuff that I totally don't uh, even participate in. And the reason why is because I'm not going to be doing a SharePoint migration for, you know, a huge monster company. That's not what I do. So, um, oh, there's a gal. I've never heard of her. But uh, anyway, the, th the thing I want to tell you guys is, you know how they got this from me? This is my YouTube channel. So I was like, sweet. So my YouTube, which I think was awesome, got me landed here, and I didn't even know that, and I had, like, no idea. I was like, how'd they find me? I mean, I don't really blog about Office 365 100%. That's why YouTube is getting to be important to me. I'm getting some exposure out of it. And uh, I like that I was in that list of with Paul Cunningham. I got to tell you, that was a humbling moment for myself. Okay, so now when everything else is, you know, done with me researching all day and watching all these videos and everything, I had to do some other stuff, which actually I would have to say would be real work, and that's like real marketing. So um, I did pick back up on my Outlook troubleshooting videos for technicians, and, you know, I got to say is I think that, 
I told you guys on the shows before, last year in 16, I did 130 videos. I did the 50 with Matt Rodella, Matthew Rodella. I did the Outlook training, just the nine there. I did the Office 365 videos, and then I did the, um, I said those, 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 then I did the Outlook training for text, and then I did a handful of YouTubes and a couple webinars. So, I mean, I think this year, after I didn't see the videos sell as well as I wanted to and realized I was probably targeting the wrong technical market, I was like, I'm exhausted. I don't want to make any more videos. I just want to do the podcast, vidcast, whatever I'm doing now, and that's kind of all I want to do with a handful of YouTube videos here and there because that's what I have to still do. So then I just was like, well, look, I put in like 100 hours into these videos for text, the Outlook troubleshooting ones. I don't want to give it up. So I decided to hire a local person here who's going to help me, and we're going to sell them to a specific group of people, which I'm going to tell you who they are. They are networking students, students who are going to school so they can get certified and get great jobs. Now, why you probably wonder why would I try to give them, or sell them and give them to the students? Well, first I'm going to do a pilot program where I give them to it, or sorry, give them to, give the videos to them first. I'm going to do a pilot program over the summer, like summer school. I mean, there's only four hours of videos. It's not a lot. And I'm going to give them a little certification because my friend Ken Dwight, who does virus remediation training, remediation training, he does that. I picked that up from him. And I was like, yeah, I can actually make this like a little summer school class. But I'm not going to charge the students at first because I really want to test uh, how they do my tech test I did, how they look at the answers, see if they want to take the class. And the reason why I picked the students is I thought, you know, honestly, when they leave school, they're going to have a resume full of non-street smarts, for the most part, let's say. They're going to have uh, tons of book experience, lab exercises, you know, how to build a server, how to set up an exchange server, how to put up firewalls, you know, all the things that they learn. But I thought, where's their Outlook training? Because a lot of them are going to go have to get their first job, which let's just say, you know, just for the sake of getting a job, they're either going to work in a computer store, they're going to work at a help desk, they're going to work you know, first uh, junior level land tech or, you know, they're going to start somewhere at the bottom. That's how it is when you get out of school. And I thought, well, if they took my little class and they put it on their resume saying I took an Outlook course, how to troubleshoot it, would that maybe help them get into an interview, get into a job, or just something to maybe raise the bar for themselves to get higher up than the next person. So I actually hired a guy who I'm paying and this really means a lot to me that I'm paying him to help me because I just can't put these videos down. You know, I kind of found that the technicians who I'm friends with online, you know, they're like, screw it, I'll Google it. I don't need it. And, and I didn't shove it down their throats, but I was like, well, I'm not seeing interest there, so where else do I go? And uh, the students are my first thing. I'm also going to try to talk to some other big companies that um, do a lot of Outlook support, which is, you know, honestly, like, Comcast, Cox, GoDaddy, um, Geek Squad, you know, those companies, that'll be down the road. But, I mean, I have to get these videos out there. They're so good, and they're very non-cookie cutter. They're not like Lynda.com. They're just like me. So if anybody out there that's listening has an idea for me to get these videos, even free, to a big group of people to do some testing or whatever, please let me know. You can email me. Lisa, call that girl that is. Okay, and then, since I've been playing with YouTube and learning and all that stuff, I've also decided to play with some LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And i got to tell you, the new interface on LinkedIn, I didn't like it at first, but now I'm starting to like it. And I'm liking it, I don't know why, but I am, and I didn't think I would. Facebook, because I didn't have as much work to do, I started joining a bunch of crazy groups. Let me just tell you, there's some crazy shit that goes on in these Facebook groups, which I was not really aware of <laughs> before. Um, I like that I can join a group and I can unjoin a group really quickly, and there's a lot of groups out there. So if you're like, hey, I like a certain thing, go look it up, and there might be a group out there already that is theme interest, you know. Um, I, I was really surprised this week when I started just, yeah, let's go see what's going on. I expanded my horizons. 
And on Twitter, I've been kind of working on my Twitter stuff a little bit too, but Twitter's always Twitter. Nobody, I've got 2,200 followers. There's only one guy, I'm going to tell you who he is. His name is Will. Will Hale has been a follower of mine for so long, and he retweets everything of mine. <laughs> I don't know if he's got an automatic retweeter or if he's doing it himself. I don't know, but I love it. And I don't know. I kind of just put stuff out there, and I'm like, does anybody pay attention to my Twitter? I don't really think so. But I, I do get interaction more on LinkedIn and on the Facebook, of course. So anyway, I uh, was in one of these new Facebook groups. This one's called, I'll put it out there. I don't want to. I don't want to share it because it is kind of privy, private. But I'll tell you the name of it. It's called the Entrepreneur Hustle. Now, what's funny is there's a lot of people out there trying to hustle right now because I think there's a lot of hustling going on. But what I didn't know is that this hustle is actually called a funnel learning thing, where you funnel people. It's kind of like drip marketing, I think. You create something you want to sell, and then you learn how the hustle works, which is to get these people to sign up. I'm not exactly 100% sure, to be fair. But I think this group's hustle is more about Facebook ad selling and creating and managing and developing, designing, blah, blah, blah. Um, yes. This guy, I'm not going to tell you who owns it, but he actually does Facebook ads for complete newbies. He sells a course. Well, I don't want to get into learning how to do that, okay? I'm totally against it. But I, like, spent a few days in this group going, maybe I should do some ads because it was slow. And everybody says ads work. And I was like, you know, the thing is I can't do the Google ads because I already rank really good with all my keywords. So it would be, like, stupid. So I was like, well, where else can I, you know, check something out? So I spent, I don't know, a few days in this guy's group reading stuff, learning it's a hustling for Facebook ads. But then I thought, well... How about if I put an ad out, just was honest and said, look, I enjoyed being in the group. I want to do an ad, but I don't want to learn it. I don't want to take the course, but I want to hire somebody who maybe just took the course and is looking for a project. And I didn't say it would be free. I just, you know, was hoping to get somebody not so expensive because this is kind of a, a group of learners. And you know what? I got a guy who's from French Polynesia, I think it is. And... I kind of edited him out a little bit, and he was like, I just learned how to do all this. I'd love to do it for no cost. We can experience this together. You just pay for the ads. And I was like, cool. And this guy is very responsive, um, and uh, we've been working on the ads. It took us about a week to fine-tune what we wanted to get out, the industry I wanted to talk to, what I wanted to offer. Um, it was a really nice experience, I got to say, you know. And I already am kind of like, I know a lot about this, so if he would have dealt with somebody that didn't know a lot about it, I think he would have needed to have, you know, it wouldn't have been a good experience for him, but since I was already techy enough to do a lot of the stuff. But then after a week of doing these ads, no, wait, sorry, we did the ads, put them together, then we did one day. Now, one day is not a lot to do marketing and analytics, right? But then I was like... Man, all these people on Facebook, what happened to LinkedIn? LinkedIn ads. So I went over to LinkedIn, and I was checking out their stuff. And um, nobody in these Facebook groups talks about LinkedIn ads. So I was like, and I know LinkedIn is huge. You know, and there's a difference between people on LinkedIn and Facebook. Now, I was in a, a group before and actually dropped out of it because the guy, I didn't really dig what his messages were. I'll leave him unnamed. But, um, but you know, he was like... Nobody's on LinkedIn. No one's doing that shit, so don't pay and, and don't put all your money into Facebook. And I was like, well, if people all think that, there's other people that do think that LinkedIn might work because LinkedIn is huge. I mean, there's so many industries that live and breathe out of LinkedIn, like recruiters and realtors. And, you know, there's just a lot of people that, that don't spend their day in Facebook goofing off. They actually use LinkedIn for money. And I was like, that's where I want to be with those people. So anyway, I was talking to my guy from the French Polynesians, and uh, I said, look, let's go look at LinkedIn before we spend more money on Facebook. And he looked at it, and he sent me a message this morning. was like, you're absolutely right. Let's dump Facebook. Let's work on LinkedIn because what I do and who I want to reach, you know, those people are on there during the day. They're, you know, recruiters are looking for, you know, people to recruit. 
And I was like, I have a lot of recruiter clients, so that makes sense. So I took one idea, within a week was like, yeah, they can always come back to it, the Facebook ads. But if a lot of people aren't doing LinkedIn, it's actually cheaper too, and you get, you don't have to deal with this, uh, Facebook has a stupid thing that pisses me off. You can only have so much text in an ad. So you really are screwed when it comes down to how much you can put into these ads. Now, if you're on Facebook and watch this, you will notice that the ads don't have any text. They're all pictures of shit and memes and everything else. And that really sucks for a person trying to get out a little bit of message. They do give you like two little content holes, but really it uh, ticks me off. So anyway, we are now going to forge ahead with the LinkedIn ad, and I will have that in my next show because I want to see what those results are. I like their ads are half the price, too. And I'm like, that's awesome because I can get more out. Okay, so I worked with that guy, and then, um, now luckily for me, I work with a pretty big company that does a lot of Outlook work, and they let me put out an ad for my consulting up there. It's just starting, so I don't, you know, know any results on that yet. In fact, it should be out by my next show, I guess. And then I have a little update from my um, event I went to in Chicago, the American Bar Association Tech Show. So... For me, I had to put in some money into this event. It wasn't comped 100% for me because I wasn't a keynote or anything special. Um, but I did get, um, you know, some, some money from their flight in the hotel or whatever they did. But anyway, I, you know, when I was out there, I've never done a, an event with lawyers and people involved in the law industry and software companies and all that. And I really didn't have enough time to get out and network like I wanted to. But I did... Um, have a sponsored dinner from App River, and App River, um, you know, they do these sponsored dinners, which the people don't know it's sponsored till you get there. And this gal from a company called Rocket Matter um, ended up uh, splitting a cab with me there. And unfortunately, I didn't get a lot of time to talk to her at the thing because at the dinner it was a long table, and I had these two fellows that were just really into picking my brain. And so um, I didn't get a chance to speak to every person in depth, you know, that came to the dinner. But anyway, afterwards, I went and saw her the next day. And Rocket Matter is, um, I don't know exactly, 100% what they do. They, they do a lot of stuff. But they have a law software that, you know, that their clients use for billing and court stuff. And they have an Office 365 package now. And so I went and made sure I met her the next day. And we just caught up and we said, we'll talk after the event. Well, this week, she called and said, I have a client for you. I'm like, cool. Well, you know what? Talking to that client there, he happens to be a blogger. So it's kind of neat how you can take one lead to another, to another, to another. And um, we'll see how that goes. But I just that was to me an interesting thing this week, that uh, networking and where it can get you. I was also in the GP Solo magazine of the American Bar Association. I wrote a blog called um, Simple Tricks to Troubleshooting Outlook Yourself. And I'm getting some hits on my Google Analytics from it. I think it will be one of those things that sits and bleeds out. I don't even know if that's a printed publication or just online. I'm not exactly sure. But they interviewed me back in January and had me write that up. So that was a, a nice little bling piece. And that came out this week. And let's see, um, I also was told by somebody when we were talking about the videos, the Outlook training videos again, and he said, didn't the ebooks you did bring you fame and fortune? And I had to laugh because I'm like, well, I mean, I sold the books, but I mean, when you are out selling something, you have to be active to make the sales happen. It's not like you can just put it up on your website and hope for sales to happen. But it got me thinking, and I was like, you know, I've got these other ebooks that I've done that aren't selling so hot, and they're pretty good. And the the first three books I had out was the Call That Girl's Guide to Remote Support. Then I had um, the Call That Girl's Manual of Operations. Then I had Call That Girl's Guide to Social Media. Those were the only three books I had out for a very long time. And I'm talking, like, for three or four years. Then finally I um, put together three more books. One is called Call That Girl's Guide to Microsoft Exchange Migrations, Call That Girl's Guide to SEO for WordPress, and then a couple Christmases ago I put 16 blogs out over a holiday when I was in Florida, and I put that into an ebook called How to Start a Computer Repair Business. But see, since then I haven't really pushed those. 
So I thought, well, why don't I make some videos for YouTube and try to bring those three back to life and see if I can maybe get them back in my rotation of sales, you know, because I was realizing I haven't been giving them any love. And that can happen when you're focused on making 130 videos doing other things, right? <laughs> that can happen. All right, so I've been doing that, working on those a little bit. So I'll have a link in the show for you if you want to check out those ebooks. I mean, the Microsoft Exchange Migration book alone is very helpful. It's a step-by-step -step guide, and it's really cool. If you've never done a migration, you can learn all the stuff before you even do it, you know, and then you get into my private Facebook group. So if you have problems, you can chat with the others. And the SEO for WordPress is just how I do my magic of my SEO. I actually give away all the secrets. All right, and then I think next week I have a webinar for a company I met at the tech show called Practice Panthers. It's about Outlook, and um, I forgot what the topic was. <laughs> I've thought of many other things today. But I have that next week, and I'm going to see how next week goes. Let's cross your fingers for me. I want more than 15 jobs. I do. All right, so um, I have a little segment called Tire Kickers and Requests. And so what happened was that one lady that you know kind of rushed me through the first hour, I decided to go to the two hour, which was 278. And last week I didn't get any bookings with that. And I like to tell you folks what's happening because you're gonna learn. It really bummed me out. Like I said, I had a great week doing other stuff, but I mean, I was really like, okay, it looks like I have to go back to my one-hour minimum. So now I'm testing a new one-hour price because, and this is just saying it out there, I, I asked a lot of texts. They're all like, I'm at 150. So I'm like, well, if I'm a specialist, I want to be a little higher. And uh, so I tested a higher, higher rate. We'll see how that goes. And, uh, you know, we'll see next week how that goes. And then I'll have to reevaluate again. might be at my, like, max. That can happen. And everybody's like, well, if you were like $300 an hour, you know, you'd only get that certain clientele. But I'm like, I don't want to have like two jobs a week then, too. I mean, I, you know, run a business. I got to make money. I got to have profits, you know. And uh, so I, I'll figure out where the, the nice price is. But it's called testing the market. See what they'll pay. And I do have a client that booked at my new rate for tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I didn't have any tire kickers and requests last week. Nothing really good. Oh, I did have one guy. He was kind of funny. He um he didn't really care about the money. He was like, so do you work uh, nights? And I said, no. He goes, do you work weekends? I said, no. He goes, well, this is a, for a corporate company. And, you know, we kind of need the computers during the day. I go, yeah. No, sorry. And he was like, well, we got to work. I go, well, so do I. I mean, you know what? I need to work. Nine, ten billable hours a day too. But I mean, if you want me to work at night and weekend, I don't have an emergency or night and weekend rate because I'm kind of tired at the end of the day, right? And I don't want to work till nine o'clock at night unless I'm working on a migration, which I already know that's going to be there. And uh, I was going to be helping them with a search issue with indexing, and you know that I've already talked to you guys, and I want to say complain, but I've actually done a lot of those jobs, and they are, you know, five minutes here, ten minutes there. They take forever, and um, then he said, well, my last question is, we're a corporation. Do we send a snib voice? I go, no, I only take credit cards. <laughs> I'm like, that guy was not happy, I don't think. But I'm like, look, you know what? Back in the day, maybe five years ago, I would have said, yeah, I'll work on this weekend, and yeah, I'll work tonight, and yeah, 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 and I'll let you invoice. But I learned from all those times that, you know, maybe in a month I'll want to work nights and weekends again. I don't know. In about a month, it's going to be 115 degrees here in Vegas for the summer. So it might be better for me to work early mornings, you know, or late at night. And I don't know. You know, I don't know. But right now, this week, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay, and then Microsoft updates, which I don't have that much because I didn't do that much work this week. But I did get a chance to play around with the new um, Office 365 Teams. And by accident, I had a client who I was fixing an Outlook issue. and I think we were doing an update in his Outlook or his Office 365, and he's like, well, hey, while that's updating, can we go play with some of the 365 toys? I said, sure. So I gave him a quick overview of SharePoint, and the poor guy actually had, 
I think, uploaded a terabyte of data to a SharePoint the year before. I was like, oh my God, don't do that. No, 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 don't ever do that. Start small, go up. Only put your working documents in there. Don't put the world up there. Anyway, uh, we went through, I showed him how I would do a directory setup. We talked about the OneDrive. And then we looked at uh, all the other stuff. You know, Microsoft has all these toys in their, their apps panel now. That's what I call it. The CRM system, which is very complicated and expensive and no one knows how to run it as an end user. It's really for companies that run it. Delve, Sway, you know, I'm still, still trying to figure all those out. I don't get any requests for it. But the teams I am, bookings and planner. So those are the three I'm going to play with, right? And, um, and he was like, let's try the teams just to see what it does. Actually, it was very easy. It was like a download, like Skype. We downloaded it, and we actually set it up on his Mac, too, which I was surprised. We set it up on the Mac. He logged in. He uh, gave it a team name. His uh, coworker that was working um, signed up on his, and they both were like instantly, oh, my God, we love this. And they're techie enough that they started playing with the tools, and they were like, this is going to be so kick-ass for our team meetings. They've got three offices. I was like, there, you can do screen sharing, you can do, I think it's kind of like, um, I don't want to say it this way, but like OneNote, like Slack, you can put graphics in there, pictures, links, you can screen share, you can turn on the camera, and I think, now I've been in a few Slack chats, and I'm not, I don't have a problem with Discord or chat, or um, I think it's called Discord is one of them, and Slack, and there's another one, uh, but you know, I mean, those are for the people running tech communities. I got to work on the team thing. And uh, I don't have a team, so I've never got to try this before. But they were loving it. So I was like, cool, now I need to do a demo. So I can actually make a video to show my clients how cool it is so they take advantage of it. So everybody buys it, but they don't use it. And Skype for Business is not always the answer because a lot of people uh, that was supposed to, I think that replaced Link, and Link was kind of still... Not 100%. So I think the teams is what people are going to want to do. Okay? So let's hope for that. And I think that the planner, which is like Trello, it's a project management tool, but it's supposed to be all appy happy. That should work well. Bookings, I'm still shy with that one. Don't want to do that one yet. But those are like the three that I've talked about the most. Alrighty. So uh, I think that might be it. Let me see if I have any warnings. I call this little segment wins, losers, warnings, and wins. And I have a little list that you might want to have. It's called Ways I Won't Get Fucked Over Again. And I keep it in a document, in my documents file. Every time I get fucked over, which is either by myself fucking myself over, or it's a client who maybe didn't intentionally mean to fuck me over, but they just did. And sometimes it's not always, like, intentional. It's just it happened. Like that lady a few months ago that I helped and I didn't have a client agreement form and I didn't get her credit card and then... You know, I, I talked about that in the last show. It just didn't go well. So I just have a very short list of things, right? And I love that I do that. So that's what I'm going to recommend you do. It's kind of like a diary of things that when things happen that go bad, it's your own little learning lessons for yourself and try to read it a couple times a week. So it keeps you on your game, all right? And I think the reason why I talked about this is because I had a client that every time he called, he only had like a 15, 20-minute issue, and he was a good client. But this last call we did, it went over an hour of what he had left from even a credit. And when the call started, what did I do? Because he was a good client, because I trusted him. I said, ah, let me just figure out this, uh, the credit you had from the last one, and I'll get, I'll get it at the end, like a dummy. And he's a really sweet guy. So, of course, I waited for a day for him to have any outlook issues. He's like, everything's cool. I said, okay, well, I figured out your credit, so you have an hour left, and I'm going to send you a bill. He goes, well, I have credit with you. I go, but there's another hour. And he goes, so does this involve the credit? I go, yes, that's in addition to the credit. You still owe an hour. I think it was three emails. And I said, yes, you still owe me for an hour. And if I would have just had his credit card at the end, I would have just said, okay, that's an hour. I'm going to take it right now. I would have saved it. But I even violated my own policy. And because I was just like, yeah, it'll be cool. Well, it was also during my slow week, too, and I wasn't on my game. And that kind of bugged me. But that wasn't a thing I, he fucked me over. That was my own fault for just not following my own policy. And that's on my list. All right, because I really don't like having one invoice out. I don't. 
The only invoices I don't mind having out are when I have a migration because I have a policy of how I do the migrations. The clients do my form, and after the form is out, I put the sale in with that burger, and after that, I send out the invoice, and then I can start doing the work. And that's, you have to pay for the whole invoice beforehand. And if you don't believe I do it, I do it. Every migration, I've done that for years now. And you can get paid for work. I do every job. I finish up. And that's how it goes, so I don't have to worry about it. Hi right, gang, I think that's it. This is a long show tonight. I waited till uh sun came down a little bit in Vegas. It's so hot. It's 90 degrees today. It's April 16th. Whew. It's going to be a warm one this year. Didn't have a guest, and I am going to promise you I am going to get to that sinking tools show. It's at the bottom of my list <laughs> for some reason. And no one's emailed me about it, so nobody must care. But anyway, yeah, we'll um, also I have to start talking about some new remote support software. I'm going to be doing some testing. I'm thinking about going with Solar Winds. I think that's the name. So if anybody really has a problem with them, Solar, Solar Winds, is that it? The MSP, yeah, I don't remember. I think it was called Solar Winds MSP. Um, I've heard a couple techs say they've had some bad experiences. I've heard a couple techs say they love it. What I think I'm going to start doing is start installing it on my clients who have prepaid tickets, and then I can manage their systems. I've got a huge operation down in uh, the southern states that I work with, and it would be so nice to have this plugged into all their computers so I can do the work without them being there. And they've, they're kind of asking me to kind of do that too. So I need to have, which is kind of like the old um, LogMeIn Central, and I know a lot of the, like, Continuum has it, and, all the managed services plans, but this one here is the one I'm going to start testing soon. SolarWinds MSP, their remote support where I can do um, launch it once and use it once or I can manage it. That's what I think I'm going to do. All right, gang. Well, this has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. If you have anything you want to email me about or talk about or you want me to talk about or be on the show or you know, the guest, you can email me Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. And I think that wraps it up for show 80 here. And I'll see you next time, gang. See you later.